Welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Tommy Neiman, Matilda Speyer Sambosphalos, and Jip Caldis to discuss diversity and inclusion from day one, building teams that embrace differences. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, before we get into the topic and discussion any further, let's work our way around the room to with some introductions. So, Tommy, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Well, guys, my name is Tommy Niaman. I'm 36 years old, and I work for a company called Wireless Car as a DevOps lead. I have two kids, uh, and... I live in Sweden, in the city of Gothenburg, just outside of it. In my spare time, I love doing weird IT projects on my own, just to figure out where my limits are. I think that's a short and nice introduction of me. Lovely. Um, Matilda, you next. Hi, so my name is Matilda Tambasopoulos. Uh, so I got that last name when I got married, 2010. Um, before that, I was Matilda Johansson, and I was uh, born in Sweden, uh, and uh, I am from Nortelje, originally, north of Stockholm. Uh, study up in Luleå to become a Master of Science and Engineering, and then I spent um, a lot of my years at Volvo, different Volvos. So now I'm working at Volvo Cars, uh, and leading three teams in the software development area, so it's really exciting. So right now it's in Gothenburg where I located. I have three kids and a husband. And on my spare time, I take care of the family and I love running. So that's what's a bit of me. Perfect. And then last but not least, Jip. Yeah, my name is Jip. Um, I'm originally Dutch, but I've been living in Sweden for the past 14 years almost. Um, I have three daughters. Uh, I'm an engineering manager uh, at IKEA within the payment subdomain. And I'm leading a team of nine software engineers where we enable payments for the many people. At the moment, online, and soon we start facilitating even omni-channel payments. In my spare time, spare time of course, uh, it's mainly football and training, uh, if I'm not with the kids and the family. Nice. Sounds good. Um, well, now that we know each of you a little bit better, we'll get stuck into the questions that you've all prepared so as usual we'll work our way around the group asking your own questions and then sharing your thoughts all about our topic of diversity and inclusion from day one building teams that embrace differences so first up is your question tommy and you asked how do you manage and leverage different communication styles within a diverse team so tell us a bit more about your question yeah sure yeah i was thinking about various topics to bring up here and one of the biggest ones that I have encountered is that uh, when we are um, working with people from all around the world uh, together, it has become very apparent to me that we communicate very differently between different regions and different countries. 
Uh, and this is uh, sometimes uh, a hurdle, uh, but also sometimes a big strength that we can be more uh, strength, uh, straightforward in our communication. Uh, so basically the, the idea of the question is, uh, how do you uh, leverage the various communication styles? And do you see any specific risks or uh, hardships? in having um, different communication styles to what you're used to? It's, it's so uh, interesting question. I think it, it goes a little bit with later more, maybe my question also, but what you're saying there, the, it's so much things. It's both could be uh, language uh, barriers, maybe when you have, you have a common language, but still you maybe use it differently. Also, the way of communication in different uh, background and uh, culture, and so, so. Uh, but I think for me, I have to say that during the Corona time frame, also when we started to use video, I think that helped and supported. And also being uh, together in a group face to face is really supporting to not misunderstand each other, even if it's happening still. But uh, but I think face to face is good for for clear and also maybe discuss what you say the the different meanings sometimes it can mean a certain thing like a nodding or a shaking or a thumb up or it can be these kind of things maybe you need to talk about also yeah i can i can only agree with that um working with my team now as well um with people for coming from all across the globe and in previous teams there's been a similar situation it's so important to to get that additional level of understanding because a yes does not always mean a yes in any culture mm -hmm. and some cultures i mean i'm dutch living in sweden um i am often way too direct for the swedish culture so i i have first-hand experience of of that even if you mean things well it can be misinterpreted and that is something that i think it can be a strength but also something that you should work on as a team but it, it i think it I'm just thinking now also like when you work, you have, when you work with a team, even if there are not a diverse team or how to say it, we still are all different human beings and we need to get to know each other to be able to communicate in the best way. So I'm thinking about that also that, yes, we are coming, we have a different communication styles, but to meet and get to know each other and I think that's the best way to also maybe understand each other better, to get to a level of, of knowing each other on a personal play, plane as well. In, in my company, we we have uh, we are working remote uh, up to 80%. Uh, in some cool. teams, even 100% still. Even after Corona, we see that it's still beneficial for our deliveries and it's, uh, it, it's good for work-life balance. But I agree with this face-to-face. Um, -face, it's one thing. Because you can read on a person's body language uh, sometimes what the hidden uh, meaning is uh, to to words, especially like for example in this podcast, two of us are speaking Swedish as a native language and trying to make ourselves understood in English. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it becomes a hurdle because some specific words are not uh, said in the same way, and sometimes you might have a a co-worker from Turkey and one from India and someone from China in the same meeting and we're trying to discuss the same thing. None of us are speaking English as a mother, uh, in a, in, like Hi, our mother yeah. language. And um, uh, then it becomes like a hard to, to do this because just like you say, Jip, uh, this, um, uh, like in some cultures, 
speaking directly to someone or demanding a responsibility from a certain person uh, becomes like threatening uh, for other cultures. So um, for me, it has always worked to have like this uh, communication workshop where we sit down and we we explain where I'm from, how I speak and uh, what's my uh, like communication style is because some people are like super direct. Some people are uh, coating their words a lot with sugar and uh, other nice uh, pleasantries to make it sound um, uh, in a certain way. Uh, and sometimes the meanings gets lost. So that that is like, it's, it's very hard uh, sometimes to, to leverage that. And I think it's important that you think about it when building a diverse team. I'm getting really curious. Can you tell me a little bit more about that exercise that you do there, uh, Tommy? I mean, how, how do you do it? Uh, basically, what we do is uh, we gather everyone, uh, either face-to-face or remote, and uh, we do a Myra workshop where we um, basically, uh, you, you pick a color, you put the, some notes down on how you speak and how you want to be spoken to. And then together we arrange them. Like, uh, uh, if you're, uh, if you're a direct person, it's like, sometimes I might sound, sound hard when I say something, but my meaning is not to be, uh, um, nasty or evil i just want to say what i think because this is what i think and i don't want to sugarcoat it because i the words gets lost or someone says i i'm afraid to talk because of uh, i i'm not certain about the things i'm saying and it might be some guessing involved in it and then i rather say nothing so so we kind of categorize everything and we agree on a team level how we communicate and why uh, the, the like the purpose so, so that everyone knows, like, if you uh, one is saying something and his uh, his words are like a bit hard, you uh, has already explained that the way I communicate is by saying exactly what I mean, and I don't put feelings or emotions into the words. I just say them as like, this is the data. Now let's work with it. So don't don't be afraid of them. Just it's just words. <laughs> mm, okay. Mm-hmm. But do you like do that and then go around the table and everyone describe their own uh, uh, communication style? Yeah. And sometimes we do it with like yeah, putting labels. This is me. Or sometimes we do it anonymous. So everyone puts the same color. Uh, and we just talk about each to, uh, each of the feelings together to make like a safe space for, for talking. No, but that's, that's be good. Yeah. Okay. I, good. I go ahead, Joe. I was going to ask, yeah. no, ask uh, because that need... You need a really high level of trust in the team to open up like that. Um, so yeah. I was going to have a comment as well on how do you get that level of trust within the team to make sure that everybody feels comfortable enough to A, reflect on their own uh, communication behavior, but also open up to the bigger group on that. But yeah, of course, if you go anonymous, it might be it's easier. a good start. Yeah, Sure. Yeah. And a good scrum master is always helpful in, a, in an agile team to to help with the communication styles and uh, um, how to leverage those issues, I think. I think. Yeah, but I mean, I, um, we do s- similar exercises, not exactly the same communication styles, but especially in my teams, I always try to put a lot of. Um, th- we we are co-located, so ma- the majority of my team is based in Amsterdam, and I have one engineer in Sweden, and I'm based in Sweden as well. So when we do meet, I we tend to spend more time on the on the soft skills rather than the tech because everybody can, they're all amazing people. They're all they can all code, and I think then those 
times when you meet, we need to increase the level of collaboration and understanding. And that's where I put a lot of effort. So when we are not in the same room, everybody understands each other. Yeah, that, that is really important. That is uh, also how we normally do it. We call the day, office days, normally we call it team days. And we go there, uh, we do whiteboarding, a week's whiteboarding in one day. And then we go and actually do work. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's also about like uh, soft things like uh, taking coffee together and talking about uh, your new dog or uh, things like that, just to get in, uh, get to know each other and build this like safe space so that we are uh, uh, comfortable with communication in uh, over Teams or uh, Slack or whatever communication channels you have. So uh, working remote like we do it, it requires more from the team uh, in uh, in the sense of like working safe, um, uh, not as the framework, but like. Uh, Feeling safe and uh, having psychological psychological safety in the team is is very important. How do you do that, Matilda? Because you had three different teams. Not sure if they're in the same yeah. subdomain, but no. But I have to say that I was thinking about when you described your activities that the team size needs to be a certain uh, size. <laughs> it cannot be thirty people or twenty five people. That you have to be fewer when you do those exercises. Uh, so. Uh, how it works uh, here it's like uh, it we have i have been the last couple of, of a month uh, i have been handling three scrum teams then and that's of course i need to do then uh, they have to work separately uh with those uh, communications but then i have one like larger group meeting but there is really difficult also to to have those communications, it has to be handled in, in smaller teams. Um, but we we um, we have had some exercises around maybe uh, when you when you talked about communication styles, it's also how do you want to be con contacted, like and, and and is it by Teams or should I chat with you on on phone or or should I can I call you at at the evening or would that be not so good? So we also talked about a lot of like how you how you um, inter interact with each other and, and what preferable, do you want an email or is it enough with a, with a chat message or, and when you, because we, this can also be a topic of, of misunderstanding. If I said the teams, the, then it's urgent. And for someone it's, it's just a regular way of, of communication. So, uh, but then if you are working uh, a lot remotely from each other, then I guess it's, it's teams that it's yeah, we use teams the way of mostly it is. I mean, I have a company phone like most, but uh, uh, the regular old way of communicating by like calling each other uh, doesn't really happen that much anymore. It's we have Teams meeting or we have Slack, uh, Slack mm -hmm. as a communication channel also where we can do huddles. So basically, anyone can join in a in a room and we can have a discussion. So but, I was also thinking when you talk about that also because. Uh, we talk. We have a diverse team, yes, and then diversity could be nationalities. Then, or, or as you also describe, you you coming from. How do you communicate different languages? But also, in, this is um, maybe an age. Sometimes, how you communicate. Uh, yes. Teams could be very stressful for someone when it's blinging on the computer, and 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 for some, it's like just the way it is. So there is also a diversity of age uh, or maybe technology usage and so. 
that uh, it also needs to be taken care of somehow sometimes. Yeah, age, uh, gender is also something that mm-hmm. you have to take in consideration. Sometimes uh, uh, because because it's it's also very I would say a cultural driven as well. And like uh, people don't want to maybe speak up to the elder of the team sometimes. Uh, or the manager. Sometimes the it, manager. Can be really, uh, it can be very sensitive to be manager in the room sometimes. Yes. In some yeah. culture. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like uh, coming from the Swedish aspect, managers are just persons. But uh, other cultures, they, they see you like uh, someone they have to like rever- uh, give like special treatment to which becomes very strange uh, as a Swede I, I expect them to sp- talk to me like I'm one of them but they speak to me like I decide everything I, I and I come like well how would you like to do we have this issue how could we solve it and they go like how would you want me to solve it and it's like no that's not what I asked <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I want you to tell me that's why so yeah it, it, diversity comes in so many different shades so it's uh, it's really hard to uh, put like one thing on it you know, that is like bigger or smaller. I don't know. Nice, lovely. Well, it sounds like a really good discussion so far. So we'll move on to the second question, which is yours, Jip. And you asked, how can diverse teams help prevent tunnel vision and keep the team high performing and questioning themselves? So tell us a bit more about your question. Yeah. Um, I think um, one of the risks of being a manager, and especially if you start a team up from the ground, is that um, you hire people that are like-minded, either as you or somebody that's compatible with you. Uh, I think that's a trap, um, to be honest, because that opens up for groupthink, right? And as soon as we start, as the group starts to have one opinion and thinks exactly the same, we lose everything in regards to critical thinking. So if your team is having a different either cultural background or a different age or a different sex, I think that everybody brings their own experiences. They bring their own mind and they bring their own ideas. And by afterwards creating um, a team culture with a, in Swedish you would say, high ceiling, so that um, that everybody can really speak up their mind and that uh, a junior should not be afraid of talking against uh, a senior or a manager for that matter. Um, you can make sure you can make sure you can give all the opportunity for the team to keep that critical thinking alive, which means that we can identify um, errors or or wrong paths in the early phase and then we can adjust and make sure that we go into the right direction and that is easier said than done because that is of course on one end starting with recruitment but it also you need to have a company culture not even a team culture but a company culture where you enable teams to make decisions for themselves where you enable teams to say out loud that they have made a mistake Uh, i think making mistakes is one of the most important thing a team can do otherwise we cannot learn we cannot improve and that also enables people to think critically and make sure that we yeah, that we go into the right direction with the product. But I, I'm just, um, I was listening to what you were saying a little bit about the group thinking, which I think is an interesting subject when you talk about this. Uh, because it, um, to avoid group thinking then, uh, when you have uh, meetings or 
conversations and so is to have this uh, single uh, that you have to write on a post-it for example or do some thinking yourself before you speak up and also then maybe let the people who are having a little bit of maybe the senior or the manager talk last so that they don't because sometimes I uh, you can create those, um, uh, like uh, if you as a leader come and let, I think like this, then of course you have people in the team who, who would not have harder to say against the, the stronger individuals or the leaders or uh, the seniors uh, in the room. So uh, there could be one way of, of you as an uh, organizer or, or leader of the meeting could try to make sure that everybody get their voices heard uh, by themselves, by post-its, or also making uh, yourself speak lost. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, when I uh, previously, when I worked, uh, I used to work as a product manager, product developer, something I, that uh, was in the PMI space where we had like the traditional product thinking with the waterfall and everything like that. And uh, I think. In, in those situations, the managers or the leaders uh, got their will uh, a little bit too often, uh, exactly how they pronounced it more or less. But in the last three or four years, I've been working in agile uh, companies instead. And I mean, there are different kind of agile companies. Some are agile on the surface and some are actually agile. But uh, in in agile companies where you go with where you bring your wishes as like a requirement and have the team actually develop the solution for you. You don't tell them how, you tell them what. Like, I need this to happen. You can do it whatever way you want, but this is the end, uh, end uh, solution. I think that brings a lot of diversity. And if we're talking about diversity in the sense of like the solution and in that, having a diverse team with different kind of aspects or different life um, experiences will bring even more value to the product because um, if you would have like one team that is everyone is exactly the same like you you say uh, Jeep where uh, the manager has built the team they have p- handpicked everyone everyone thinks the same everyone acts and talks the same you might miss uh, good things in your product development yes. because mm. no one will question uh so someone will go, let's do A. And everyone goes like, yeah, I was about to su- suggest A because that's the best way. We all think the same. We all act the same and we all talk the same. So A is going to work for everyone. But if you have a team with like a bunch of different nationalities or uh, personalities, uh, you have some mixed up, uh, you have some uh, men and some female and uh, so on, then, then it, you will, everyone will question everyone uh, in the beginning, especially when the team is forming. Uh, so you will have like, instead of having just, you will have the alphabet to choose uh, choose from because everyone will come with different solutions and everyone will uh, kind of question why would we go with A because A will only solve this short term, but what about scalability? Maybe we should go with D, uh, solution D instead because that makes more sense. So uh, I think in the sense of having like a good quality product, diversity is a key to to achieving that long term. Yeah, I, I strongly believe in what you're saying, Tommy. I mean, that's why you want diverse teams, because you then 
have this uh, vision of, of the wide vision or because one if you have the same bias with you uh, if you have the same background the same experience all of you you have the same bias with you and that's what's causing the tunnel tunnel creation then so uh, then if you are putting teams together that have a wider background together and knowledge also i mean they could also be different kind of schools and different kind of of knowledge and then you have all the different dots from everywhere that needs to be connected together and then of course that takes time uh to uh, to connect all the, the different opinions and the biases to to the same solution but the solution will probably be more solid uh, f- for the customer so that's that's really right Tommy I think it's it's good but then also then like one manager to to hire a team then uh it it's important then maybe also to bring others into the hiring process uh, to uh, have more opinions what we need for the team. So. The, the, the way the way that we do uh, to avoid uh, to avoid this situation a bit is that we have for our teams we have a, a separate line manager. So even if um, even if I am in charge of the delivery for eight teams, I have nothing to do with their recruitment at all. They have line manager that we talk to and we we decide uh, the profiles and then the scrum master and the PO comes with their requirements also. Perhaps they are looking to um, expand in a, a, a certain tech stack or they want the, uh, maybe they are only boys in the teams and they want some girls. So they would say, they would like add some wishes or requirements to the, to the manager, but someone else does the recruitment and then the team will do the like final thumbs up or thumbs down basically so it i think like taking us as a manager taking a step out and having uh, the people that are in need of the extra person in the in a team uh, being involved a lot in the process it it helps but that also requires of course that the team is not um single-minded from the start so if you have a team with like everyone is an arsenal fan they are going to pick another Arsenal fan. <laughs> mm, it would be very difficult for that person who joins yeah. who is not an Arsenal fan, I would yeah, say. It would be, be very difficult. To be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be very, very difficult for that person maybe to feel included. Uh, so, mm. But I think it's also coming with another um, positive effect. And that is, if we have those diverse teams, um, and that's including the managers, everybody working with the teams, but everybody gets a better understanding of how different people have different communication skills and how they, they collaborate in different ways. Mm. And that will spread in, in, in itself because if that person then leaves the organization, you will leave, uh, let's say, way more capable yes. of identifying and, and, and spreading the, the diversity into your next team mm. because you have been identified, you, you know that it works and you can now handle working with different people and different views and different... Um, so I think it's an enforcing effect, and uh, the more this is being included in organizations, the the better it will get if if done correctly. Yeah, I I think like the major organizations, they or uh, every company basically thinking about diversity and inclusion, they need to have some kind of strategy around it. I think it's important to uh, to define that it, if it's a if it's a goal for the company to actually diversify or so, so that the hiring managers know that um, they would have the company in the back when maybe testing something new, 
because if you're coming from a very um like solid or not solid um let's say a very single-minded or uh, non-diverse group it might be hard to start the journey to go from um, speaking swedish in every meeting to all of a sudden uh, hiring someone from india or someone from china and saying now this person is going to be part of your team and you're not allowed to speak swedish anymore in the meetings now you're going to speak english and having that like threshold might be hard for some some people but smaller companies uh, hopefully listening to this uh, i think it's important that they think about it and uh, that um, it will bring quality i do think sometimes when you're starting up starting up a new like kind of a new product or a new solution for something uh, the diverse teams like i said in the beginning they will challenge like everything every single thing in a requirements uh, uh, file or how, however the requirements are given to you uh, so it will take longer to start but the solution will be more solid uh, and i think um, i think it's well invested uh, money in the having a slightly longer start rather than doing something fast uh, failing horribly uh, like six months in and going like ah oh, this was a really bad solution we should have thought this through better so um and then like getting some consultants in to give you some aspects from a different uh, uh, angle and then starting over again uh, so it's better to like have that starting uh, starting discussion or uh, uh, challenging and having the team like feeling safe enough to challenge basically anything the leader says or the or a person that orders uh, a solution says and then building it solid from the begin- uh, from the scratch Nice, lovely. We'll, we'll move on to uh, Matilda's question now. And you asked, how can you boost a diverse team to overcome the hurdle of different opinions to avoid losing speed of delivery or creating solutions? So tell us a bit more about your question. I think we have touched it now in the dialogues a little bit uh, already. Uh, but it is a little bit like uh, it's it's so the, the end products, as we have discussed now, we see that it's so much solid then if we have a diverse team. But sometimes the team members and the teams, um, if say you have this forming, storming, norming and performing uh, curves of uh, creating teams and uh, creating effective teams, the, the period might be a little bit longer sometimes in the beginning when you have a diverse team. And then I was thinking it, uh, it could be interesting to hear what uh, you, Tommy, and you were thinking about how to maybe make this happen faster than uh, or boost the team to actually get to a performing stage uh, when you are diverse. If there are any ideas from your side, how you do it? Yeah, um, I think we are at the moment in, the, in that journey with, with my team uh, because we went from five in the beginning of the year and soon we're going to be nine engineers so we doubled in size um but what i have been doing or what we have been doing is put uh, as i mentioned before as well a lot of effort on the on the non-technical parts on the on the team thinking on having an offside on getting to know each other in a better way um encouraging the people hang hang around together um we have one office day really make sure that we have that office day um every time we meet we go we uh, the team themselves created a set of 
20 team rules. So it's not me as a manager giving rules to the team. It's like, we are a team, we are a unit. And this is what we agree, how we want to treat each other. So for example, we speak English all the time because, and even outside of meetings, but if you're in the office, you speak English. Because the, even if um, you have a, a common language with the person next to you, the third person might feel excluded because he or she is not having the same language. Um, and there are so many, um, so many different small things that I try to implement and get the team to understand uh, and, and together. So not me telling everybody what to do. It's us co-creating a, work, a safe work environment uh, where everybody can thrive in. You feel get, that you get everyone on board when you have those office day and, and these team dialogues, you get everyone around the table included in creating these office rules. And Yeah, uh, we have that so far. Um, you, you never know what will happen in the future, of course. Um, but I think it's important to bring it as a, in a way of this is, I mean, you are voluntary. Nobody's forcing you to work with this team. We want you here. You want to be here. So let's all together co-create a, um, yeah, that, that environment. And I do not believe on those parts that should be a manager. Say, okay, now we're going to do this. This is going to be our list. So every time we meet, um, and I'm trying to be in, the, we try to be in the same office altogether, at least once per tertial. Um, we go over that list. It can be a five minute review, but just we go over that list and say, okay, yeah, we can still stand behind this. Or we, we tweak, we say, okay, but this is not really valid anymore, or I'm not feeling comfortable with this one. Well, then we can have the discussion. I, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't bring uh, company policies from my company in here, but try to stay with my own personal views. But uh, we have actually in wireless car, we, we have encouraged uh, the teams to do a lot of team building acti activities and things like that. So I think that is very important too. Uh, it doesn't really help the storming norming performing <clears throat> steps, but it starts the team to like create a sense of safety and building the sense of safety like around getting to know you a little bit privately uh you know weaknesses and strength and things like that it is highly encouraged but we also use something called a gdq a group uh development questionnaire uh it's uh, something developed by uh it's based out of susan whelan studies and uh has developed from there and it helps you to like identify uh kind of in what performance stage you are in the team and also if you have like certain uh, clicks within the team and uh, it kind of drives the question about how can we go from stage one to stage two or two to three or and you do it like continuously so that you bring up all the nasty stuff that the, the team is uh, uh, someone in the team is like uh, talking to the third person and they have started their own little group uh, who thinks differently from the rest and it forces those things to like uh, come up it like cultivates the team in a way to be transparent and be open uh, and together with that we also uh, enforce this like uh, retrospectives and uh, um, all the ceremonies that normally comes with safe but in a in a sense, having them them as a building building block for the team to become better. Like for example, when I was a scrum master, we I, I always mixed up the retrospective with different aspects of it. We didn't just go, what did we do the last two weeks? Oh, we did these things. Was it fun? No, it wasn't fun. Those things were bad. That was not redefined. But rather, sometimes we did the meme retrospective, basically. You go into a meme generator site 
with a lot of pictures. And then you go, the last two weeks, this is my state of mind. And you just picked a picture and you posted it in Miro. And then you had to explain to the, uh, everyone else, why why do you have uh, um, Guru explaining something on a whiteboard and then uh, looking surprised at the end uh, at the result? Uh, it, like, it creates a way to discuss things in a way that's not like uh, square. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun and light. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that that is a way to like boost the team's self-esteem, and it also boosts uh, joy of working together. Uh, now, now I have been very lucky. I have had great teams every time I have worked, uh, and the ones I'm working with right now, they're awesome. All of them. So they make my life fun. So I try to make their life fun in my, so so that we can continue to build on it because. Uh, uh, as soon as you enjoy what you're doing, even if like maybe the solution might be a little bit boring or uh, it's a lot of operations and a little bit of development only, but I want to do more development. Then then we we talk about it and we try to find angles to to continuously like tweak everything uh, in a way that engages people and that really increases the speed of this like uh, uh, leveling stages. Of the team. Mm-hmm. So how do you tackle that, Matilda? The ramp up phase. But I think that uh, it's this uh, to get to know each other uh, stage, and and I I think there are so many different things of on uh, doing it. I would say. Um, so I, I also have had this common rule creation, and it was a fun games. So we we have cricket on the agenda right now. I think it's at we have a few people who are really uh, champions, so we're learning that together to get to know each other a little bit more. Um, so I, I, I think it's uh, also there are a lot of different uh, games like we did in the beginning for uh, here in this team when we talked about uh, getting to know each other about truth and lies, and that is also something that we've done before. Um, um, we 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 have set up um, uh, like I mentioned before, like ha- having an involved scrum master um, to help the team develop faster. Mm. It it, hel- it helps a lot. We yeah. we have also that's that what when you described what you did. We also have those retrospective and the scrum master has been leading those, and it's really supporting the team. And and we also had <laughs> to create like describe an animal, for example, and so it, and it makes it more. How was this uh, yeah, last two weeks? And, and you have to pick an animal, for example. Of course, that makes it a little bit more fun to to talk about it also. Yeah. Um, to... we, we have uh, created um, our Scrum Master community. They have created like a toolbox with, uh, I think it's like a hundred something tools for ice breaking uh, things. We also have some games uh, and uh, things like that. And actually during COVID, our company, um, they refurbished our entire office and uh, basically took the management team and said, hey guys, you're now moving one step up. So they moved them to a different floor and we took the entire area where they used to sit and made something that we call the wireless club, uh, which is basically like a huge cafeteria kind of thing with like, uh, we have a shuffleboard, the pingis tables, and it's, uh, it's becoming... Uh, like a place where you can go to have like um, during the team day kind of off-site in the site. <laughs> mm. So it's like, okay, guys, let's have a break. Let's go down. Let's play some shuffleboard for an hour. Have some fun. Uh, have some drinks. 
cola or Fanta, nothing else during office hours. And then, uh, then uh, let, let's bring some energy back. Uh, and it's that has actually also been a, a booster because it, you feel that like the company actually supports this. We even have like yeah, a PS5 downstairs where we can go down and play some uh, FIFA together. Yeah, that's good. I, I was thinking, Jip, uh, you, um, you mentioned oh, and you also you have this uh, office date, for example. We are in office every day here, <laughs> uh, almost. Uh, but we are busy quite a lot, all of us, in meetings. So even if we are, are here, then uh, seeing each other, for me, I think it's really great to just be go past someone's desk and nodding and giving them feedback. And I think it's very good to be in office, but we are very busy. So when you are in office, it seems like you have really let you take the time then to spend more on, on fun activities or, or more like team creating activities or or how, is that how you are doing it? So when you meet, you're not doing so much work or, or is it more? No, I think, I think no? we do a lot of work, but we try to not uh, be in meetings all day. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's slightly different because we have office days once a week, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm mainly in Amsterdam office once a week. So if I'm in the Amsterdam office and then, or when we meet, it's often in the Amsterdam office. Um, then we might focus more on uh, on the social activities. I may mean, have, have some workshops, things that we do not do during normal weeks. Um, but during, a, let's say, a normal of Office Tuesday, um, it's trying to not be all ca- um, caught up in, in, in meetings between 8 and 5. But um, it's also for the engineers to make sure that they can do some pair coding and mm-hmm. um, go across to each other's with the desk have those important meetings where it helps to not go work over a micro board, but work over a whiteboard instead. Mm. Um, mm. So th- that is the main aim. And we do that as a subdomain because we have five, six teams within the payment subdomain and we try to synchronize our um, our office days. So it's not just your own team. It's also um, the people from the neighboring teams because we um, yeah, we still need each other to enable enable payments for the many. But how much uh, in, in, in deep in your company then like how, how much so how, you are working from how much percentage in office and outside office? Uh, I think the, the goal now is to have two office days a week. Um, and, and of those two we have um, one where we try to synchronize within the whole payment subdomain. And on your side Tommy you said it was similar right? We have uh, okay, so we actually have like a remote policy, so we don't have any percentage set, but we have um, a statement that we highly encourage one day in the office at least. Uh, but each team has two days uh, of a like a team area where they can work, uh, where we have like uh, special equipment so to enable the team to work better together, uh, big whiteboards and uh, interactive screens and so on. But I'm I'm just like curious. Now we don't have that set up here. We are working, but in the bit, in the Corona time frame when we were coming back, for me it was so difficult. If you said like, okay, you should be here two days, then these two days suddenly there are somebody who has a doctor appointment and they were sick, and then you end up that they are still not all of them there when you want them in office. How I, it's not really at all about the diversity question, but uh, it's uh, it's it's interesting how you how you can. For, because for me, the personal connection uh, to overcome those and to get more connective and, and uh, creative together, I think it's for me, it's so important to be physical also uh, seeing each other and working together. So I'm, I'm a little bit curious how you 
how you manage actually uh, this. I, I take the long-term approach there. I mean, if you have a doctor's appointment, of course that happens, right? You mean yeah. health and family overwork. On the other hand, if you have a doctor's appointment every Tuesday, then we might yeah. start to have a discussion in our one-to-one on hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have that. Yeah, I, that's that's how I approach it at least. Um, yeah, this is this is what we should be aimed but, for. And yeah, but the problem I would say is that it's always so that not the whole team will be there. But maybe it's enough then for your businesses to to have have that uh, to see each other and and maybe that you can attend then online and and the rest of the team is there. So we, it's cool that it works. We we kept the in our company we kept the um, um, all meetings are on Teams normally. Unless mm-hmm. you see that actually every single one in the team is in the room, then, then there's no need to open the Teams link, of course. But uh, we enable everyone to work from wherever they are. And I mean, sick leave and all those things, they have been reduced to like nothing. Because if you have a runny nose or you feel bad, you don't come to the office, you stay home. And if you can work, you work. If you can't work, you be home and sick. But it didn't... Um, it gives, uh, it has changed everything in how we work. But when when we are in the office, we, we focus a lot on the softer things. Like we whiteboard a lot mm. uh, because it's some, it's very annoying to draw on a computer. Yeah, it works. <laughs> but... Yeah, but it, it's uh, it's hard. So it's easier to draw on a, something interactive or a whiteboard and then photograph it and put it on the computer. Uh, and uh, we do like uh, team activities. We spend time we do one-to-ones and things like that to to get to know each other better and uh, really enforce those things those things which means that the office days normally get a bit more hectic uh, you push a lot of things into those mondays or whatever you have but um, then you have like the rest of the week to deliver on the things that you have committed to do uh, and for me i sit a lot in meetings it makes no sense if i sit in one of these cubicles that i'm sitting in right now or if i'm sitting in my home office uh, mm. Just a basically, and it, it's so cool when you talk about the diversity. Like, for example, if you have a team that are are spread all over the globe, I mean, that's real cool that we actually can do that, and that brings so much uh, insights from different uh, contexts uh, when you have uh, delivering of your products. So, th- so that's a, a really, I think, something that has been growing the last year that we actually can do this kind of thing. I, I guess that you said that you that you have those. You you are really global in your aspect of yeah. your team. Yeah. I'm the only Dutch person and team is <laughs> in the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even in the Netherlands, I'm in Sweden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that's uh, that's cool. And, and of course we have a lot of of um, we, we we have a lot of uh, connection also. We have support from, from India. Uh, and uh, there, of course, we have to work remote, to, and it works fine. So, but the, one question is, since you are having a f- basically a five days office policy, yeah. enough, do you see a shorter runway because all those people meet each other on a day? Yeah, I have to say that uh, what we see is that, for example, the, in, in the agile way of working, we have the daily dailies that we call it, that we meet. Uh, and when we are in, in office, uh, I see that it's happening automatically. We might not need to book a meeting for that. It, it happens just because you had a coffee or lunch together and, and the team is just sitting next to each other. So, so I, I would say I see I see a lot of shortcuts uh, between that coming into office, seeing the faces. And also as a manager, I have to say it's it's very important to, it's easier to hide as a person 
behind the TV camera than uh, in the real office if you don't feel well or if you are, are not happy with something. It, it's easier to read through the body language. So uh, I think... Yeah, that's true. It is easier to hide behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I think we'll leave our discussion there. So this has been another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. And I just want to thank Tommy, Matilda, and Jip for joining us on this episode. And thank you for the listeners as well. Um, if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at abby.stokes at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.